Welcome to Inspiration Narratives, a short series of conversation highlighting creatives from underrepresented communities. In honoring their work and creativity, we take a deeper dive into the times, moments, and influences that encapsulates why these creatives do what they do, and if, how, and where they use their medium to celebrate the cultures they come from. These are the stories that need to be told. This is Inspiration Narrative. I would I would say one of the most, and I, you know, I talk about this uh, a bit more frequently now. It wasn't something that I, I spoke about uh, previously too much, but one of the most impactful time periods in in, in my life was when I was in, in the ages between fourteen and fifteen, and I was I was in uh, Alexandria, Virginia, and you know. I, I had a, 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 I hate to use the word typical, but in, in society's view of it, that's what it is. I had like a typical dysfunctional inner city, you know, black family in the 90s um, in which, you know, coming from Camden, New Jersey and Wilmington, Delaware, I had, you know, my mother and father, they split up and got back together a lot. And whenever that would happen, one of them would move pretty much to another city or another state. It was always like very drastic. And, um, you know, so when they would get back together, one one would follow the other to the city they were in. That's usually how it happened. And, you know, with a relationship like that, the children kind of get caught in the crossfire. So I spent a lot of time living with my grandfather or my grandmother to try to avoid all of that movement didn't work out very well. I always ended up in it, but that, that was my, you know, my goal as a youngster. Um, I ended up in Alexandria, Virginia, you know, going into my, my freshman year in high school. And, you know, I didn't want to go. I knew, you know, the pattern that my my parents had, and I, I didn't want to leave Wilmington, Delaware at that time. And, um, I was forced because I was only 14 years old, so I didn't have a choice. And uh, I arrived in Alexandria, Virginia in July. And by October, what I thought would happen happened and my father left. So I came home from school one day. You know, I'm in a new a new city, a new state, a new school. And, you know, like many other times in my life, and I come home from school on an on a October day, and Pops is gone. Um, so at that point, you know, my mother was left with all of the bills, all of, you know, the, the financial uh, responsibilities of having, a, a, you know, a high school son and all of those things. And at that time, she couldn't really handle it. So we ended up homeless. She went into a shelter for battered wives. And because I had been in a shelter once before and I knew how that could get in school because children are cruel and, you know, you would have to defend yourself. I kind of just avoided that whole situation. So I just was, I just left and kind of went on my own. And I would, you know, from time to time, come back to the, the battered wife shelter to check on my mom, you know, really. She felt like I was coming back, you know what I mean? Because she was checking on me, but really I wanted to check on her. So I just kind of ran the streets of Alexandria, Virginia as a 14 going into 15-year-old for about nine months um, until my mother was able to secure, you know, another apartment and, and get back on her feet. 
and during that time that probably that probably was the one of the most impactful years of my life because it taught me so much about not just independence um you know as a human and 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 as uh, as a as a growing you know team going into into manhood at an early age but it taught me a lot about what being black and being a black male was and needing help in America at that time. It taught me a lot about what I could and couldn't depend on when it came to the place that I called home. And and I feel like that started to shape a, a lot of what my perspective was on who I wanted to be as a man, what I wanted to stand for, the ways that I wanted to help and, and my, you know, community. And I think that because, you know, at a, a very young age, I, I was always writing. I didn't know I was writing songs, but I was always writing. Like I, I was writing before I could talk. Like they thought I was a mute when I was a kid. I didn't talk to anyone, but I always wrote as soon as I learned how to write. So I think from that point on is when that following year is when I started to like record myself and, you know, really dive into music as I think as an escape unknowingly, but, you know, and then soon, soon after starting to look at it as something that I really wanted to do. And I think that's where, where it really started for me. Though music was always around the households, you know, as in a lot of soulful black families. But um, I think that was the period of time that I really felt like what I wanted to do was use my awareness and my pen and my, you know, my skill set to be able to, to to put something into the world to let other you know young black males like myself know that there was that their story wasn't a singular one what what would you say or who would you say like you started writing just as an escape and it was something that you were just doing on your own and then later as you said like that just kind of became into like you developing music and songs out of that um, would you say that there were any black creative or creative entrepreneurial figures in music that influenced you actually like taking that writing and transitioning it into songs and just even you wanting to pursue that, pursue music as, as a passion, number one, but then as now like professionally? There's two main influences, I feel like, that, uh, that, I identified with, but for two different reasons. And one of them being Jay-Z because of, you know, the coming from a similar background and coming from, you know, sim similar circumstances and, and being able to articulate those things in a way that wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, uh, I guess stereotypical, you know, uh, Jay, even though he, he talks, he has um, written about hustling and, and being on the block and, and selling drugs and, you know, being in, in, within the violence of, of that, you know, facet of his life. Often, he always does it in a way that um, it isn't celebratory. It's more of a cautionary tale and it's more of, you know, it's kind of like the emotions that you do, the emotions and the feelings and the perspective that you go through when you're within that lifestyle. There's, there's, there's never one singular emotion. It's not always you're happy to have money. 
because honestly you're you're not you know it's not always that you're you're uh angry about you know situations it's not always that you you feel trapped it's not always that you feel free it's not it, you go through all these different emotions when you're coming up in environments like that and i always felt like jay-z identified those things throughout his music and that was that was something that really identified i identified with um and then on the flip side there was growing up in a household with a father who could sing and, and you know was into music and stuff like that my sister also used to sing my my mother uh more of a scholar and a poet she you know I, I grew up around that so i always identified with songwriting in a a really intimate way so like stevie wonder was like god to me growing up still is <laughs> you know what i mean like it's like he he's to me he's the goat one of the most pro, most prolific writers and 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 um even when it comes to just music in it in itself sonically just visionaries i think he inspired and changed a lot of what most people do in music and he was a blind man you know and i always thought that was really really incredible um you know and then other than that you know i, I definitely identify with people like kanye west early on um and and pharrell and you know even ll cool j which was more my sister's era but you know it was it, there was there was always those guys that I could find small pieces of myself in, but I never really felt like I found, you know, the one that was like, oh, that's me. I never felt that representation in hip hop and, you know, and in music and stuff like that. But I always w was able to find the smaller pieces of myself that I identified with in each person, which is why I never, I was never really a top five guy. I was never really like the guy who chose between you know, Black Star and Bad Boy. Like, I liked everything. You know, it was because I always felt like there were small pieces of myself in each of those things, each of those genres within hip-hop and stuff like that, and music in general. So, yeah. Is there, mm -hmm. for you, right, like a defining moment that has actually confirmed you now pursuing this? And if so, like, what was that moment um, that just says, like, man, this is what I need to be doing? this, this, I, I'm, I'm on the right path and everything I'm doing, this is it. I'm, I'm going to go after music. Uh, professionally, I, I, you know, you make, when you love something and you have a passion for it, you do it because, you know, it's like breathing, right? You don't necessarily always, you're not always thinking about compensation. You're not always thinking about you know, being famous or, you know, as much as you might want to buy your mother a house, it's not the, it's not the engine that's pushing you to do what you do. If you love it and you're passionate about it, you're doing it because you don't know what else you would do if you didn't. <laughs> so I think, you know, as long as you may be on that path, there's a point where you, where something happens where you then you feel like a professional, you know, like the whole 10,000 hours thing, right? It's like something happens where you're like, oh, like, oh, this is really what I, you believe it. But some, there was always something that happens where you're like, this is, I'm a professional now. And 
you know, this is something that Saint can attest to because he spent a lot of time as well as, you know, other members of my team reminding me that I'm a professional because, you know, Sam is, is who I, that's me. It's my name. It's, it's who I am. My brand isn't a made up brand. It isn't an image. It's, it's me. It's very much, you know, from the human being that I am. And I sometimes forget how the outside world looks at me like fans and people who, you know, listen to defining moments, listen to clutch and, you know, work out to it or play it before their basketball games or, um, you know, I forget those things and I walk around still like the stand that, you know, just wants to go hoop and play ball. And, and I sometimes forget that. And one of the moments that, that really solidified, you know, me being a professional in this and, and it being my career, I, I think was when uh, the clutch video came out and the impact that it started to have on not just people who don't know me and see the video for the first time, but people that are close to me. I think that hit me in a different way because you start to realize as you, as people, whether they're listening to your art or they're watching it or, you know, they read it, however, whatever the medium is and and the people around you that believe they know you best outside of the fans and and stuff like that, but the people who are closer to you that believe they know you best when they see certain things um, like the clutch video and, you know, you win LA film festival for it and all these different things. And they really start to dig into who you are as a person, the size of yourself that maybe they don't get a chance to see all the time because it goes more into your art. Right. I think that that was the, the most impactful moment for me is that when I put everything out there visually and musically for people to see like this is who I am this is what I stand for and you know love me for it hate me for it, whatever but this is what it is and when I saw the way that that impacted people you know I started to get kids that were 13 14 years old you know hitting me on dm saying how you know they weren't confident before but now they play clutch before every game and and they go out and whether they have a good game or a bad game, they always feel like they put the best, you know, the hundred percent on the floor and little girls saying the same thing about with soccer and all those are the things that really made me feel like, Oh, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing because you don't really know until it affects people. You can do it in your room or even in the studio for 10 years straight, but until it actually affects someone, it's only your belief. But now you're you're you know you're gathering belief and faith from people all over the world, especially you know in 2019 with the internet and the way things can just hit everywhere at one time. Um, it that that's what it was for me. Like the clutch video, putting out clutch in the clutch video was really what solidified. Like, all right, I I always believed I was supposed to do this, but now I know. Now I'm 100% sure, and I have to keep going. I'm um, thinking about yourself as a twofold question. Thinking about yourself as uh, a black creative in the music industry, what's that like? Number one, and then number two, would you say that you use your medium um, as a writer, as an MC, as a musician to celebrate your blackness? Um, I'll answer the second question first and say absolutely. Every chance I get, 
uh, and you know, and I and I try to do it in in a way that isn't so much uh, in a way that isn't overbearing. You know, I don't I don't get on songs and and say I'm black, I'm black, I'm black, I'm black. You know, because it's you know this is it, it's part of who I am. It's in my DNA, literally. It's genetics. It's it's who I am. It was what I was. You know, I was born black. There's no taking it off ever. And my experiences, no matter whether whether I'm talking about an experience that or not, my experience that I am talking about is as a black man. You can never remove that. So in remembering that as a writer, a lot of times I, I make sure that I'm not being, uh, again, overbearing by mentioning the fact that I am black every time that I talk about an experience. It is, you know, it's omnipresent. I don't need to continue to do that. But there are definitely times where I feel that things need to be be addressed in a way that uh, you know, the perspective cannot be misconstrued. And and that's when I, you know, I put my blackness and my, you know, my cultural um, perspectives of being a black male in America and in this world very much forward. But for the most part, you know, it's an omnipresent thing. And, I, and because of the type of person that I am and the way that I move and the way that I I handle myself. Anyone that knows me understands where I stand. It's never, I don't, it's never in question, and I'm thankful for that. Um, as far as being a black man and a black creative in the music industry, it's it, it's definitely hard. Hard is the wrong word. It can be difficult. You know, um, it can be difficult, especially for an artist like myself, who you know, with the aforementioned. Uh, characteristics and perspectives. So, you know, I walk into a lot of meetings and I'm speaking to someone that is not of the culture, is not from where I'm from, does not understand my experience or my story, but is telling me whether or not it's important enough or is telling me whether or not they want to say invest in it or whether or not they feel like it's going to read a certain way or, you know, so you're, I'm sitting in front of someone that's talking to me about the culture that I was born into and had to live my entire life. And that can be frustrating, you know, and that I feel like that's for, for an artist like me, that's the most frustrating thing. Everything else, you know, again, I just told you, you know, my experiences since I was seven years old, have been <laughs> all over the place. So, you know, I'm not getting shot at. I'm not in jail. I'm not. So it's not the toughest thing in the world for me. But at the same time, you know, as an artist, when you are trying to get, um, if this is the medium that you are using, and I use a lot of mediums, you know, I, I make music, I, I, I write my treatments for my videos, you know, um, short films, all of these different things, right? So when you know what it is that you want to do and you don't necessarily always have the means to, to uh, bring those things into fruition, it's, it gets frustrating when you have to sit across the table from someone that doesn't understand your existence. And that's like the bottom line for me. All the other shit is like, excuse my language, but everything else is, is 
a byproduct of that. We are working in a culture that we built that is ran by people that truly don't fully understand our existence, but they understand the value in our art. And that's what we're dealing with. Everything else is a byproduct of that. Contracts, byproduct. Percentages, byproduct. Everything is a byproduct of that. And that's what I feel like is the root of where some of the discrepancies happen when it comes to us in dealing with our own art and our own value in in the entertainment industry. Considering mm-hmm. everything you just said and, and the story and your path, um, your journey to, to getting where you are now and even what is to come, what does is, what is Black Music Month mean to you? Black Music Month is every month to me, um, but, you know, it, it's it's similar to, you know, Father's Day, Mother's Day, to Women's Day, to, you know, it, it's always amazing to have a starting point of appreciation. You know, like a lot, you, you get phrases a lot of times, people or you know, little anecdotes that people say, oh, you know, birthdays or whatever day, you should celebrate people every day, you know, but we don't do that. So having a month like this um, for me is, is really important. You know, I was actually just talking to my my nephew about it uh, yesterday before I got on the plane and head back to LA and, you know, was giving him some some gems and some some songs that he should listen to and stuff like that that started the culture that we're growing up in that you know my ogs and stuff like that were was you know helped to 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 learn me about you know so it, it's i think it's important to just as a reminder um that it is a starting point for us to start appreciating our culture both you know present and past and and um and pass those things along you know This is Inspiration Narrative, an Age of the Creative original.